0: Hi everyone, my name is Vivian Vovon, and I'm a STEM Blazers alumni and volunteer while I pursue my college degree at Colorado School of Mines. STEM Blazers has supported and inspired me throughout my high school and college career. Their encouragement and passion to bring more women into STEM has allowed me to be where I am today. I'm very excited to be one of the hosts this season. With that being said, let me introduce our guest. Don Zoldai is a retired United States Air Force Colonel and a 25 year US Air Force JAG Corp veteran where she worked as an attorney. Currently, Dawn is the founder and CEO of P3 Tech, where she connects people who have a passion for advanced tech platforms with the plans, programs, policies, and information they need to succeed. She's an internationally recognized expert on unmanned aircraft system, law and policy, and a recipient of the Woman to Watch in UAS Leadership Award in 2019. Amazing. Hello, Dawn. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It's a real privilege to be here. Of course. I'm so honored to to speak with you today. You're absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> to start things off, initially, you were in school for history and philosophy. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey of how you ended up from going to history to joining the military to starting your own company? Wow, what a
1: long and winding road. So uh, talk about way back machine. Um Absolutely. So I was a history and philosophy major, as you mentioned, at the University of Scranton in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I just loved what I was doing. But I was like, now what do I do with my life? And so uh, my history professors like you should take the LSAT and consider going to law school. And so I did that not because I wanted to be a lawyer necessarily, but because I am one of those nerdy people that absolutely loves to learn. And so I was like, sure, let's let's do that. And so Ultimately, as, as you know, I, I went to law school. I went to Villanova Law, also in Pennsylvania, where I'm from. And uh, it was a great, crazy three years. Nothing like college at all, by the way. Uh, and when I was in law school, I was trying to figure out what, what's the next step. And um, to make a long story short, the military comes to the different military departments or services come to law schools to recruit. And I. Um, I went to my career placement person at Villanova Law and I said, hey, you know, I worked for the city of Philadelphia. I really like what I did, you know, public service. And I'm like, but all the people I know there have turned over. It's a very political position. I don't know what to do. And she said, have you ever considered interviewing with the military? And I was like, why would I do that? (laughs) And uh, she's just like, well, you know, they seem to really love what they do. And it's a collegial atmosphere. I could see you really fitting in. And so, you know, I researched this because any, you know, major life, dec- I know it sounded almost like my life decisions at this point were somewhat random. Um, but, you know, this was kind of a big one because joining the military as a JAG, uh, judge advocate, lawyer, is a four year commitment, a service commitment. And so I, I shadowed someone at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. Uh, you know, I, I did it, the interview and everything like that. I went to McGuire Air Force Base, also check that out. And, you know, I figured it was a four year commitment. I can do anything for four years, give it a shot. So there I was 25 years later, retiring as a colonel. And man, it was like one of the best decisions of then marrying my husband, of course, that I ever made because I absolutely loved my time in the Air Force. And what I loved about it was this theme of my life, which is lifelong learning, because as a JAG, as a military lawyer, they throw you into areas of law and practice that you might not have experience in. You just have to, you just have to learn it. And that's where I also became passionate about drones because it was late in my career that they introduced me to that. And um, that really just sparked a passion in me, uh, drone law and policy. And it's what I chose to do full time once I not only retired from the military, but also from federal civil service. I did three years as a um, an attorney for the general counsel's office and also on faculty at the Air Force Academy. So started my business in October 2019. And that's kind of my journey to how I got here.
0: Wow. It's awesome. It's always so interesting, like when you come into college and like you have this this plan sorted out, and then things change. And it I don't know. I, I always think it's always so interesting to see people's journey um, to getting where they are today.
1: Well, what I'll say to that is, and I know you have a, a lot of young listeners in, in STEM blazers, and you're still in college. You know, I have two college-age sons and and a son that's going to be a he's a rising senior in high school. And what I tell them is this: Look. Just study what you are interested in. You know, your passion will ultimately drive your destiny. And if you're doing something that you love, your career and the money will follow. It will work out. So I think, like you said, a lot of young people, they focus on, you know, what, what they should be, what they think they should be doing to get a paycheck. You know, college is not, to me, college is not a jobs program. College is the time for you to explore what you love, what you're interested in, figure out what you don't like, um, because what you don't want to do is, is get put in a position where now you feel like cornered in, in doing a career that you really, it's just not a good fit. And that's the other thing I'll say is never be, a cha- never be afraid to change direction either. Because life is a journey. I mean, I made all of these decisions along the way. And it was really based on just what I what I really love to do. Uh and it was always for me always anchored in learning. Um and that learning took me different directions. And so I I would just say always be open to that.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful advice. I know for sure I, I, I had those moments where I like was questioning, like, is this really what I want to do? And and hearing that, even though Plans changed. Like if you do something you're passionate about, things will follow through. It's very reassuring to hear, and it makes me feel less stressed. <laughs> well, good because I know
1: uh, you know I, I see it in my house, and COVID I think has exacerbated this for people. You know, kind of the isolation and not having that social connection at school. Um, you know this i this pressure that people put on themselves to to perform, to know what they want to do. And I say it's overrated, you know, do what you love, study the things that interest you. It'll work out. I mean, heck, I was a philosophy major and history major just because I enjoyed it. I actually in law school, same thing. I just this is a true story. And I think people can learn from this. Law school is three years and most law schools are pretty rigid about what you need to take. Definitely first year, you're taking the standard things like property and tort law and things like this, criminal law. Second year, there might be a little more flexibility, but everybody takes like decedents and estates, secured transactions, federal taxation. I was like, I'm not taking that because I'm like, I have zero interest in them. If it's going to be on the bar exam, I will pay for a course that will teach me what I need to know to pass that exam, which I did. And I'm just going to take stuff that is interesting. So I took like jurisprudence and international law and administrative law. And frankly, my grades were better than a lot of people in my second year because a lot of, you know, third year students were taking my classes with me. I, I took them with, um, you know, older kids that already had jobs and um, it really boosted my GPA. And I absolutely had a blast and loved what I did. I, I'd say, you know, it's kind of like that Robert Frost low, road less traveled never feel like you have to do something. If there's a way to do kind of something you're more interested in, I'd say go that direction. And don't worry about the crowd or the herd because, you know, like I said, if you follow what you're interested in, it's going to work out for you.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I I didn't even know you could do that. I think that's really cool and like something that will be really valuable for our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about P3 Tech and what a day in your life looks like as a CEO? Oh,
1: boy. All right. So a day in my life lately, of course, with COVID and probably even after COVID, it's still going to be similar. Like I'm in my basement, right? So I created a home office. It's just me and my company. And my company, also very similar to my life passion, really at the core is about education. So... What I do quite frequently is I write articles. I'm a columnist for two different magazines. Uh, I freelance for a number of magazines. Uh, Companies hire me to write about their products or services under my byline uh, to put into either on their website or blog as a thought leadership piece or get into a magazine uh, for themselves. I have my own podcast uh, called Drones at Dawn. Uh, It is every Monday at 8am mountain uh, on the inner drone launch pad and and they beam it out live. It's a live stream through like Twitch, LinkedIn, two YouTube channels and Facebook. And, uh, you know, I'm involved with a whole host of companies and nonprofits as well. So just... Really, this month I became the CEO and president of UAS Colorado. That is the state's only business league for unmanned aircraft community. And so, a day in my life—it depends on what day it is—but I am an early riser. So, a day in my life usually looks on a late day. I'm getting up at 5:30, or I'm starting to work at 5:30, and uh, you know, I spend at least an hour, maybe more, on social media posting at least two posts across every single platform. So I'm on LinkedIn, I've got an Instagram, Facebook, several Facebook pages that I'm I've joined of other people and um Twitter, and then I also have a my own Patreon page. If you've never heard of Patreon, I post up my podcasts and special bonus podcast footage and my blog behind my Patreon paywall. So Every morning, you know, I get up, have my coffee. I'm doing social media. I'm reading to see what else is out there, and sometimes there'll be a webinar or a podcast or an online conference that I'll attend, take copious notes that I'm going to create an article out of or a blog post. And otherwise, I'm engaged in product projects for people um, or. You know, I'm having phone calls with people all over the world, uh, to kind of develop my business and, and develop theirs. So it's busy, but I also can't take time to uh, walk my dogs every day and, uh, take care of my physical health. And, you know, I, I go to bed early because I'm an early riser, but that's kind of my day. And I, I love it. And I'm right lately. I tend to work seven days a week. I know that's not super healthy, but Saturday and Sunday early morning is a great time for me. I I have, I can't really talk much about it. I will later, but I have a really big, big project, um, that's going to be done in the next couple of weeks. And, that weekend time is really great time uncluttered from my other normal stuff during the week where I can just focus on it. And so when that's done, which will be soon, I'll have more time and I look forward to doing hikes and other things on the weekends.
0: Very nice. Awesome. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you, like, you're doing so many amazing things. Like, how do you, how do you balance your ambitions and your um, you know, all the amazing things you do with with your work-life balance. And I mean, definitely starting early seems like one of those things. And then walking your dog. That's, that's awesome. Do you have any other advice on that, that work-life balance?
1: Work-life balance is a real tough one. And I, I don't want to say I'm the model of it. Um, I will share a story that when I was in charge of an office, I had about 21 people working for me and I was a colonel. So that's like one rank below a general in the military, uh, running a legal office of attorneys and paralegals in the military. And I thought things were going really well. And then I got some feedback that morale was low in my office. And it frankly was a little surprising. And when I peeled it back, I, I basically asked them to anonymously write down why morale was bad or perceived to be bad and what we should do about it. It was really eye opening to me because people would say things like, we don't feel like we can go to the gym because Colonel Zoldai goes early in the morning and, you know, we like to go at lunch uh, and we don't feel like we can leave the office or, you know, we don't feel like we can take leave because, you know, there's always work to do or we always have to work late because there's so much to do and, you know, we feel like we can't leave. (laughs) That was really shocking to me, because what I realized was I was giving off this vibe, and people were following my lead and and assuming things that, even though I told them i am uh, a morning person, so I'll come in early, I eat lunch at my desk, like you don't have to do that like what do you and they but they didn't believe it because they didn't see me doing it. So what I told them was this once I knew the the problem. We, we instituted a lot of changes in the office and we would literally walk around me and my, my deputy and my my senior uh, master sergeant, senior enlisted person. Every day at five o'clock, we'd walk around and if someone was still there, we'd be like, why are you still here? And we would make them go home, you know, because we're like, we, you know, we, we made them put when they were going to do physical training, like underneath their name tag on their door like Monday, Wednesday, whatever hours. And if they were in the office at when they were supposed to be in the gym, we'd be like, "Why are you here?" And so, what I tell people about balance is this because I was definitely hearing from people that they didn't feel like they had balance in their lives. I also kind of was perceiving they were somewhat blaming me for that. And um what I told them was this. Balance is, you know, if you ever seen one of those bosu balls in the gym, it's like it's like a a sphere but it's like a half a sphere with like a hard plastic surface right where if you Mm -hmm. put it on the round end and the flat part is up if you ever try to stand on one of those to balance yourself right it's super hard you know what i'm talking about yeah so what i tell them is this balance i cannot achieve balance for you like everybody has to achieve balance for themselves like i can hold your hands if you're on that bosu ball and help you but at the end of the day like balance is hard it, it, on a bosu ball it requires every muscle like in your body so you don't fall off and how you place your feet or how you put your shoulders and and maybe bend your legs in a way that keeps you on that ball it's going to be different for you than it will be for me and i cannot like attain it or achieve it for you so what i told them was look I will give you the tools. I will give you assistance to find balance in your life. But that is, some, that is a personal choice every single day when you wake up as to how you plan to accomplish it. If I give you time to go to the gym and you choose not to go, that's on you, you know? And so what I tell people is you have to, it's hard work to have balance. It's, it's something you have to work on. That means sometimes you ha- there's a give and take right? Like if I have to, I have this project to do, but I also want to walk my dog, how do I, how can I do both? And that's where, you know, for me, it's like, I'm getting up early, you know, and I know how much I can accomplish when most people are asleep, you know, and that's how I do it. But for somebody else, maybe it's two in the morning and they'd rather stay up late, you know? Um, So balance is hard. And, it's something like I said that everybody has to make that choice every day and figure out what works for them, and there's no ma there's no magical template for it
0: for sure, yeah, I definitely agree, and I really like hearing snippets of like your leadership as well when you're discussing that and how you really wanted to hear like their perspective and then you made changes to that. Like, I think those are definitely great qualities of a leader.
1: <laughs> well, it, I'll tell you, it was really hard. It was very difficult, almost like, you know, heart piercing to when you hear feedback that people are not doing well under in an environment you've created. And so you really have to step back from that and not take it personally and figure out what are people's needs and what, you know, how can I meet them where they are? because they are not me. And people have different needs. And I think peeling that back as a leader, really understanding your people and having that communication where they feel like they can tell you, which that opened the door, that anonymous like, hey, fill this out and let me know. And then it just, within six months, the place changed radically, turned around 180 degrees. And um, we became a family and Mm -hmm. it was pretty great.
0: That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dawn, for answering those first few questions. We're just going to take a quick short break and we'll be right back for some more. Hi, I'm Wendy Merchant, founder and executive director of Stimblazers. We hope you are enjoying the podcast. If you would like to stay connected with us after the podcast, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our handle is at We share content about our programs, scholarship opportunities, upcoming events, inspiration, and more. We look forward to connecting with you. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of the conversation. All righty, welcome back from our break. We're going to continue our questions with Dawn. So, Dawn, now more than ever, people are recognizing just how important diversity is in the workplace. And what advice would you give to young women and girls who still don't see that diversity present in the field that they want to enter? Yeah, that, that's
1: I agree with you that that's a tough one, because there are a lot of careers, particularly in STEM, where girls are not seeing role models out there, uh, you know, because there's that saying If you can see me, you know, you can be me. And what I will tell, what I would say to that is, even if you can't see someone else that's like you, go for it anyway, because we need, like your organization is called STEM Blazers. We need trailblazers and never be afraid to be the first. Never be intimidated to put yourself out there and give it a shot uh because you know my husband's a coach I'll just use the coaching analogy he coaches lacrosse and you know he has this saying like you you'll always miss the shots you don't take so take them i mean there there's going to be times you may fail uh you you dust yourself off you learn from that and you move on and whether it's you press ahead in the same path or you realize maybe it's something different that's okay too but, um, you know, diversity is something that I think is so important. It's, it's very important to me personally, having, you know, had a career in the military where often I was definitely in the minority as a woman, uh, particularly as I rose up in rank, a lot of women in the military do depart service, um, you know, whether it's for family reasons or other reasons. So by the time like I was almost, what, 25 years, uh, a very senior officer, I didn't have a ton of peers, um, which made it interesting. And then also sitting at the big table with all the generals or the other colonels and they're mostly male. Um, you know, was I ever intimidated by that? Me personally? No. Could that be intimidating for other people? Sure. But I was really lucky to have been raised by incredible parents in the early 1970s, when I grew up and Marlo Thomas had an album, you know, Free to Be You and Me, you know, where they really told me, like, you can be whatever you want to be. And I actually bought into that and um, they supported me in everything I did. And so I was really lucky. And I hope all these girls out here have have supportive families like that. And then, of course, groups like Stem Blazers, where they can kind of get this support elsewhere and, and see role models and be inspired to be whatever it is they want to be.
0: For sure, 100%. You So earlier you mentioned that just actually just earlier this month that you were officially announced as the first female president and CEO of UAS Colorado. Um, UAS stands for Unmanned Aircraft System for our listeners. Could you talk a little bit more about what being a woman in your position, um, like what that means and... I'm sure you're a role model for younger girls today as well. Oh, thank you.
1: You know, when that press release was getting written, I had discussions with people because in a parallel effort, I was working with another media company about literally the event was called Women in Advanced Air Mobility. And it was going to be a webinar that was going to be all primarily all women on these panels. And the way that media outlet framed it up when they put it out was... See premier experts in a webinar, and I thought it was interesting that they didn't say women. Uh, You know, you have to really read the article and peel that back. So when when this idea of me being the first female CEO was coming about, we were writing the press release together. You know, we had this discussion: should we even highlight that you are, you know, the you know a woman? And you know, for me, I was like, yes, because because of what we just talked about, this issue of diversity, equity, and inclusion of having other people see this. The reason why I wanted to highlight that it was, that I was the first female CEO of this is because it is such a male dominated industry. And I wanted girls out there to see that and say, I can do that
0: too. For sure. All righty, Dawn. We are going to head into our rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and you'll answer them as fast as you can. Are you ready? Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Alrighty. Your favorite way to de-stress? Take walks. A a class that you think everyone should take?
1: Constitutional law.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Favorite travel location? Uh, Rocky Mountains. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Somebody,
1: a United States Marine told me that I would make a fine United States Marine. That is the highest compliment on the planet.
0: Yes. What is your comfort food? Pizza. Oh, 100%. What's something that makes you laugh? Anything Will Ferrell
1: says or does, pretty much. (laughs) Yes, he's amazing. What's your favorite motto? I've actually got two: "Carpe Diem," which is seize the day, and "Do onto others as you would have them do onto you."
0: Best life hack.
1: Life hack. All right, this is this is for later in life, young ladies. Um, when you have a baby, eventually, if you do, uh, or a grandbaby, either way, uh, and you have to do night feedings, there's a thing called a blue light bulb, not the purple ones you see at Thanksgiving, at at Halloween. But it's literally a blue light bulb. And if you put it in your nursery, you can actually see what you're doing without completely waking yourself or the baby up. That's an amazing life hack that changed my life with three kids.
0: Dang, I'm going to take notes for myself and also for all my cousins and siblings who are going to have kids. Blue light bulb. It is life changing. Alrighty, righty. Um, what is something you've always wanted to try? Becoming
1: a drone pilot. And I might actually do that this summer.
0: Very nice. Favorite childhood memory? Times in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. Who is your female STEM icon?
1: You know, I'm going to, this is a modern day person that I work with. And her name is Sharon Rossmark. And she is the CEO of Women in Drones. And I think she's absolutely amazing. She's a drone pilot, uh, but also an incredible entrepreneur so I'm going to say Sharon.
0: Nice. Um, what is a book that you think everyone should read? You know, there there's so many. Um,
1: <laughs> one book that I really liked, which is over 900 pages long, and I read in college, is called The Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. And it's about three brothers, but they're the three facets of man. They represent them, like the spiritual, the physical, and the intellectual. And it's just a really interesting book.
0: All And your favorite song? <laughs> this is
1: my favorite song. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Anything by Lady Gaga.
0: Anything by Lady Gaga. All righty. We have a mentor playlist, so we're going to definitely put a Lady Gaga song on there. All right. So- <laughs> all righty. And lastly, this is a question that we ask all of our guests. Standing where you are right now, what advice would you give to your high school self?
1: It's so funny you ask that because on my podcast, I actually ask that of every single person in my bonus footage. I've never really thought of the answer myself. What advice would I give to my younger self? I think it would be have confidence. I know it sounds like from everything I've just said that, you know, I'm oozing with confidence or I've had that my whole life, but I didn't. And my younger self certainly did not. So what I would say is believe in yourself and don't worry about what other people think and just do your best. And um, I think that'll get you far in life.
0: Amazing. Alrighty, everyone. Before we end the podcast today, we do a trivia question, and you could find the answer on our Instagram. So the trivia question of the day is, of the 46 presidents, how many have served in the military? Check it out on our Instagram at stemblazers. Alrighty. Thank you so much, Don, for joining us on this episode. It has been an absolute privilege to talk to you. Um, and on behalf of STEM Blazers, we want to thank you for sharing your story and your passions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was my, like I said, it was my privilege to be here and, uh, I love paying it forward and working with young ladies, uh, especially in, in STEM career fields and especially with drones. So definitely look me up, uh, Follow me on LinkedIn if you want to see what's happening in the drone world. And uh, thank you again for having me.
0: For sure. Thank you for the listeners for joining us on another STEM Blazers episode. If you want more information or to stay up to date with what we are working on, check out our STEM Blazers website at STEMBlazers.org or our Facebook and Instagram pages at STEM Blazers. Thank you for tuning in.